This is Jackets Debrief, a show about the Columbus Blue Jackets, the National Hockey League, and part of the Hockey Podcast Network. Hey, welcome to the Jackets Debrief. For those of you who are used to Lexi being on our uh, on the Wednesday show, show, as you can see, she's here for the Sunday show, and the cat has grabbed me. <laughs> hey, Lexi, do you want to tell everybody what tomorrow is? My birthday! It is your birthday. How old will you be, child? Ten? Ten. Yes, yes. Don't sound so confused. <laughs> All right. Oh, the cat's trying to get away now. Okay. Well, so we've done a couple different things with Lex on the show. Uh, we've done the soda. The cat's going to scratch your face again. <laughs> Don't do this. Uh, done a couple different things with Lex on the show. We did the Marvel trivia cards for a bit. Uh, we figured we're going to use a chance uh, to use a gift that I was given for Christmas. This thing of hockey puzzlers. It's a fun little book. To uh, to expand our general knowledge of the game. We're going to get to all the Blue Jackets news because, my goodness, it's been a week here in a few minutes, folks. We're going to start with a a fun little bit with Lexi helping her grow her knowledge of hockey. She's very excited about this. All right, so the first question, Alexia. Is the goalie allowed to play with a broken stick? Yes. The answer, yes. The goaltender is allowed to play with a broken stick. Position players cannot play with a broken stick. Question two. On a delayed offside, if the defensive team puts the puck in their own net without any contact from the other team, does the goal count? No. Answer. It is possible to score an own goal on a delayed offside, so the goal counts. Three. If a player throws a stick and successfully blocks what would have been an empty net goal, what happens? That's a very good guess. Three, it is not legal to throw a stick to block a puck, so the goal is awarded. Because if the referees determine that a goal definitely would have happened, they can award it. Last time I saw a goal awarded, there was a play where I think it was Cam Atkinson shot the puck. And I believe it was against the Red Wings. A Red Wings player knocked the knocked the net off its moorings. The net was free, but the puck went where it would have gone to score a goal, and the officials awarded a goal. It's not something you see very often, but it is something that does happen. Did you learn today? Yes. That's that's exactly what we hope for. Wonderful. We hope for unsure, unclear versions of of that. Um, Happy birthday, Lexi. Joy, thank you for joining us on today's show. Please take a cat. Should I take both or just one? Whichever, whatever you want to do is fine. Just don't let them scratch you to death on the way out the door. <laughs> oh, oh, there goes one cat. Oh, no. Yikes. Okay. No, no, don't bring that cat here. No, that cat's not happy. It will scratch me. It will try. All right. Well, that's a fun way to start the show here. Oh, and tonight, as we're recording, if you're not aware, um, the NFC Championship game has wrapped up. 
Tom Brady and the Buccaneers are going to the Super Bowl uh, right now, to my knowledge. The Bills and Chiefs game is happening. And hey, for, for football fans, it's the moment you're waiting for right on the corner. DraftKings, the official fantasy dark daily fantasy partner of Super Bowl 55, is bringing back their golden ticket giveaway with up to $55 million in prizes up for grabs. This is all you have to do. Uh, all you have to do is to get your share of this huge prizes enter DraftKings free Super Bowl prediction challenge. Once you submit your picks, you will get a free instant prize up to $25,000. And if you have the most predictions correct, you could win the top prize of $1 million. Download the app now. Enter the free prediction challenge. Answer questions like who's going to score last. And boom, get ready to make it rain. You're going to get some money. Or maybe maybe you won't get some money. I don't know. It's a fun game. Enjoyable to get into. DraftKings has paid out over $7 billion to its players since 2012, so they know a thing or two about big paydays. All right, so this is what you're going to do. Download the DraftKings app now. Use the promo code THPN to enter the free $55 million Super Bowl prediction challenge. Everyone gets an instant prize up to $25,000 just for playing. So use promo code THPN now and enter the free $55 million Super Bowl challenge only at DraftKings, the official daily fantasy partner of Super Bowl 55. Terms, conditions, and eligibility restrictions apply. Um, See DraftKings.com for details. Awesome. All right, folks. So this is, uh, it has been quite a week for the Blue Jackets. It's definitely been a week where I'm going to enjoy the beer of the week as we get going here. Shorts Brew Super Fluid. A 9.1% uh, percent beer. American Double India Pale Ale. Clean water makes better beer. I hope they're right. Let's see what they got here. Definitely has the smell of a pale ale. That big hoppiness you look for. Does have the nice golden color. That's uh, a little bit ahead. Oh, 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 oh. Got a little bit of head there. Mm. Poured a little too quick at the end. Got a little ahead of myself on it. But we'll let that settle. Get into the beer of the week here in a minute. But, uh, oh boy, there's a lot to talk about this week, folks. First, we're going to start with the NHL standings. Now that the season's back in session, if you haven't listened to my show in the past, when there's an actual season happening, I'm just getting ahead right now. On the beer. Um Something I tend to do is go over the, where we're at in the standings, um, where Don Lachuzan of the Athletic, where his projections have us going right now, just trying to give us a sense of where we're at in the season total. Right now, the Blue Jackets, if you look at the standings, I think the standings right now are a little bit misleading. By points, they're second in the, in the Central, uh, and that's six points in six games. This season, because there have already been so many delays and so many missed games because of COVID, I recommend people look at points percentage because it's entirely possible we get to the end of the season and points percentage is what determines who gets in the playoffs and who doesn't. At that measure, the Blue Jackets are fifth right now with a points percentage of 500. Six points in six games. Uh, they are 2-2-2. Two, two, and two. Um, The nice thing is it's been getting better recently. Something that was going on going into this weekend against Tampa, I said if they got three out of four, I'd be happy. They got three out of four. And their last two little series against Detroit and then against Tampa, they've gotten three out of four. If you can keep that rolling, stay at three out of four better for a while, you're going to have a really good, uh, really good shot going forward there. So I'm not 
not disheartened by where they're at right now, really. It's just those two losses right away in Nashville kind of put you behind the right behind the eight ball to start off. Now, on Dom Lachusian's projections uh, on things, projections of uh, based on simulations of the rest of the season, at this point, he has the Blue Jackets figured to get to 61 points, which would put them in sixth uh, behind Nashville at 63 and Florida at 64. Now, here's the thing. I put these these projections, the idea is it's based on so, so many thousands of simulations of a season, projected on 50,000 simulations. Here's the thing, though. Um, I mean, by this projection, the Blue Jacks only finished three points out of the playoffs at the end of the season, so none of this is to say they're out of it. Uh, their projection's not like Chicago's projected at 52 points or Detroit at 48, and would thus be, what, 12 points and... Uh, 16 points respectively out of playoff position. So I, the, it, everything's right in front of them still. You still got a long way to go in this season, especially after the events of last week. <sighs> All right, here we go, folks. This is what I'm really going to need to be of the week for here. Which I'm trying again there. It's good. It's definitely an India Pale Ale. Calling it a, a double IPA, it lives up to that name. Because that, again, you're drinking an IPA, what you can expect is that hoppiness in the middle of your tongue that makes it almost kind of cringe a little bit. It's good, but it's almost the same thing as when you have something that's like sour. Um, but it's good. I'm enjoying it. It's a very pretty color, too. I like how I like the color on it. Anyway, so this week, let's start with what happened Thursday night. Pierre-Luc Dubois... Um, and the Blue Jackets are playing the Lightning. And if you're watching the uh, video version of this, I'm gonna I'm gonna share it on there. Um, kind of the video of his shift, which was that last shift he had, which was just downright awful. I mean, the right term for it would be disrespectful. It, it was awful. It looked like he wasn't even trying. And that's where I get I get why Torts benched him for the rest of the game. I mean, here's the thing, guys. You can't do this as a hockey player. You can't just glide around the ice, especially in the NHL, especially when a team is leaning on you to be that number one guy. It So there have been a lot of comparisons of this situation. There have been comparisons to Artemi Panarin and Sergei Bobrovsky in their final season. This is where that comparison ended for me. At no point in Artemi Panarin's final season here was there any hint that he was taking shifts off, that he was not playing as hard as to help this team win. He put out a great season. Potentially the best season anyone's ever played for the Columbus Blue Jackets was Artemi Panarin's final season on this team. What we saw Thursday was horrible. It was atrocious. If you've been listening to me all along on this Pierre-Luc Dubois stuff, something I've been saying is be patient, um, that this could drag out and take a while. That was assuming that Pierre-Luc Dubois was just going to keep playing and he was going to keep you know, putting forth an effort every night and, and doing all of that. Where the problem got so much worse, and it's something we know about Yomar Kekalainen, is he is a huge team guy. He is big on... Guys putting out effort, guys wanting, you know, really trying to win. This is the kind of thing 
he would not stand. This is the kind of thing that would make him angrier than anything else that had happened. Here's the thing about Yomakek line that I think some people don't really get. So he talks about when we do uh, negotiations, if we do contracts and stuff, he talks about, um, you know, in when somebody's an RFA, we have the hammer. We can, he doesn't have arbitration rights, so we really can kind of control the whole thing. And he talks about how when somebody's a free, free agent, they have the hammer. Yarmo Kekalainen does not take the business side of hockey personally. He just doesn't. I think some people think he does, but he doesn't. Um, and and it's and I mean and things like the Panarin situation. I think part of the reason that one was went the way it did is is Artemi just wanted to go to New York City because it wasn't a money thing. The Blue Jackets, from what we understand, offered him more than anybody else did. But a situation like this, I think this kind of effort that Pierre-Luc Dubois put out on Thursday night, I think that made it personal for Yarmo Kekalainen. Because I think in that moment, there's not any other choice. Um, Steve Dangle did a video about this whole situation and something he said, and he kind of did it, you know how Steve Dangle does his little thing where his head jumps back and forth and he's like, I'm this guy, I'm this guy now. It's, it's a fun little storytelling mechanism. But the way he put it was, you know, that somebody saying, you know, Pierre-Luc Dubois saying, oh, well, I don't want to be here. And, Yarm- and, and Tort saying, well, if you don't want to be here, you don't get to play. And he's like, oh, okay. It's not that simple. Because here's the thing. The kind of effort we saw at Pierre-Luc Dubois in his three, four minutes on Thursday night, you can't let the whole locker room, because they knew what was happening. No player on that bench didn't see what we saw. They all saw it. They all saw how awful that was. They all saw that that was just an effort that was beyond the pale and something you didn't want to happen. So think about what happens if John Tortorella says, you know what? Pierre-Luc Dubois is asking for his way out of town. He's playing like this. We're just going to keep rolling him out there. You can't let that sit in your locker room. The... um. The, the the SB Nation, the, the Jackets canon, they did an article about how it was time for both uh, Pierre-Luc Dubois and John Tortorella to go. Here's the thing. If you think it's John Tortorella's time to go because you think we've hit a wall where his whole thing of getting guys motivated that we've hit as far as he goes on that wall and his deficiencies as a coach as far as like teaching or getting guys to be more offensive. If you think we've hit that wall and that's why you want to get rid of Chantor Dorella, that's a conversation I've got time for. I can live with that. But to use this situation and say it's time to get rid of John Tortorella, no, no, that's that, that doesn't make sense to me. And I know some people are saying, oh, well, you know, he, he created this situation as much as anything else. I call bull crap on that for a few reasons. One, the amount of players who after they finished walk, playing for John Tortorella, say it was great to play for him. Two, the amount of players currently on the team who say, yeah, I like playing for John Tortorella. And three, when it was over, Pierre-Luc Dubois said, no, it wasn't about John Tortorella. I've played for coaches that I butt heads with. That wasn't the problem. I mean, if you don't like John Tortorella and you want to superimpose your opinions of him onto Pierre-Luc Dubois and say that's why we should get rid of him, by all means, I will not rob you of your fantasies. That You, you have what you want to have. But I'm seeing things reference people reference things like this quote uh, on Thursday night after the game. John Tortorella um, 
was asked about a, a few weeks uh, earlier in the season. Um, Max Domi, I think, had a night where he only played like 12 minutes or something. And somebody asked why he benched Max Domi. He said, I didn't bench Max Domi. I just played who was playing. I didn't bench him. When I bench him, you'll know. After the Thursday night game, someone asked him about those exact comments. And his response was, told you. Now, people have framed that like he just said it out of the blue. The way Wyshynski tweeted it was, told you, in quotes, told you, John Tortorella referencing his previous comment about how the media would know when he benches somebody. It's not like he sat there and he came out and he, he came out and he went, you know how I told you guys that you'd know when I bench somebody? Told you. No, they asked him about it. So I just, I, I mean, what's, what's Tort supposed to do? If, if a player's not playing, you can't show disrespect to all the other guys on the bench and just keep rolling them out there. And I see people saying, oh, well, you hurt their odds of winning that game. If that's how Pierre-Luc Dubois was playing, do you think they had better chances of winning that game with him out there? I don't. Not with the shifts I saw. Pierre-Luc Dubois can be a game-changing beast. And on that, on the, whatever we saw there, that wasn't it. That wasn't going to do anything for your team to win a game that night. So, before the Blue Jackets' next game, the trade happens. The trade that... Uh, in one way or another seems to have been rumored for a while. And it is Patrick Line and Jack Roslovic being traded to the Blue Jackets for Pierre-Luc Dubois in a third round pick. I'm going to be honest, when I first saw it, I wasn't all that happy with it. And I am still very concerned that we lost this trade. Now, if the reason for making the trade was you felt we'd reached a point where PLD couldn't be in the room and that the weight of that whole situation was going to drag down this season and Yarmo thought, nope, this team's too good. I think this team can have a good season, but if this sits there in front of us, we won't then I get the logic of just taking the best deal you think you can get. So here's my views on why I think we might've lost this trade. Jack, the, if we look at, if we break up the trade into two pieces, Jack Roslovic for a third, that's a good move. Jack Roslovic is a, uh, he's, he's what he's, he's young. So he's best described as a middle six center. Um, everything I know about him so far, like right now he could slot in as the third line center. Maybe he can play second line center. Uh, it depends on how he develops. We'll see. Um, the good news is on this team right now, he won't have to play that for a couple of years. The downside is we're going to find out real quick if Alexander Texier is at least a second line center. Because I understand some people, you know, I understand that, you know, we could throw Boone Jenner back into a center line role, but not if we want to win anything. And, and the Texier, I mean, here's the thing. Texier has been playing center this year, and he's been great. I mean, that that's one of the big positives so far the Blue Jacks this year. Alexander Texier is looking good. And if Texier can be a second line center or potentially develop into a first line center, again, remember, this is only his second real NHL season. 
I mean, the, the, the things could turn out okay, especially if you end up getting Max Domi for a long-term deal and, long, and Domi turns out what you want him to be, which we're not sold on just yet. But if we're looking at the Dubois for Line A stuff, Line A is a player that has an incredible shot, has an all-world shot. But so far, he has not shown a propensity to be great at defense. So far, he has not shown a propensity to be the one to big, you know, bring about good, a good possession play, where he's not the one that drives there being a lot of shots. But if he's on the ice and you're shooting, he's great. And, I mean, there, there's here's the thing. If the Blue Jackets get Patrick Laine, and you know, once they have Patrick Laine in this deal, if they sign him to an extension after this year for four, five, six years, and he averages over 30 goals a year for, for an 82-game season, that's a piece the Blue Jackets have been looking for forever. If he can, if he can pot fifteen on the power play, that fixes the power play issues with this team. I mean, there, there's a lot of potential good that can come from Patrick Lyon on this team, but so much of this is going to depend on: Do we have PLD's replacement on this team? And it's not to say that we have someone who's going to play like PLD did because we don't. We don't have somebody that big who plays center that way. But we do have a couple of younger centers who might turn out pretty good. We're, I'm not real sure yet. Um, so if, if you put a gun to my head today and say, how do you feel about the trade, Frank? What What are your takeaways from the trade? It's, I don't know. It's, I have a sneaking suspicion we lost the trade. And until we, the thing that makes this so hard to judge is we don't, if we knew why Pierre-Luc Dubois left or wanted to leave, that would tell me so much more. If I'm totally wrong about it being John Tortorella, if it comes out and in a year, when he's more free to talk, he's like, yeah, John Tortorella, that's the reason. Well, then, I mean, that's that's not great. Um, do I think we should have fired John Tortorella before that? I don't know. I mean, the whole idea that a player is going to quit on you because he doesn't like to coach. I don't know. And, that, and that's what's so weird about this whole situation to me is nothing until Thursday made me think that was the kind of player Pierre Luc Dubois was. But I saw it once. And that was bad. Now, I'm sure somebody's going to start sending me uh, Patrick Line shifts when he's more lackadaisical on defense, and that'll probably look bad. I, I don't know. I just, I, yeah, the whole situation is just not something that's been good. I'm not happy with it from beginning to end, and, and I'm hoping it turns out well. It's the kind of thing where, again, if Line A over, you know, if we resign him and over the next five years, he never goes under 30 and he has one or two 40 goal seasons in there. Then okay, maybe maybe this turned out okay and I'm fine with it. I just ah uh, just mm. I'm not sure, folks. I am not sure. I'm gonna go to a quick word from our friends of the hockey podcast network. Will I enjoy more of this uh, super fluid beer? 
Then we'll jump into some uh, random hockey media stuff. Calling all Jets fans and foodies. What's going on, guys? I'm Brandon Rewicki, the host of Skates and Plates on the Hockey Podcast Network. Look, if you love Jets hockey, this is the place for you. In-depth breakdowns from every game, a deep dive into the big plays and moments from Winnipeg's season, and all the Jets talk you will not find anywhere else. We got it for you on Skates and Plates. Plus, if you love carbs and everything tasty, we jump into the world of food as well. Once a week, we also speak with a member of the local culinary scene to highlight their great stories and the great food they put out. So there it is. Hockey, Jets, food, drink, everything good in life. It's right here on Skates and Plates on the Hockey Podcast Network. All right, folks. It's very funny that this week... um, (laughs) The show we had a promo loaded up for was our Winnipeg Jets show here on the Hockey Podcast Network. Uh, just, uh, I don't know. I'm very interested to see how this goes. I have no doubt that uh, Pierre-Luc Dubois in subsequent trips to Nationwide Arena will be booed viciously. I have no doubt that we will see quite a few Patrick Line jerseys. I get the feeling we are going to see an... Uh, for a guy who's maybe a third-line center, we are going to see just a huge amount of Jack Roslovic jerseys around, which I will be really cool. I mean, I, that's really cool. I'm, I, that's a cool part of the story to see a kid who grew up in Columbus and grew up with the Blue Jackets uh, playing in their youth organizations, getting to come home and play for the hometown team. He just seems like he's on client about it, so that's really cool. Big news out of the uh, media side of sports this week, NBCSN who shows the majority of national hockey league games on for the national networks on cable. They've announced by the end of 2021, they are shuttering the network. Um, it's the kind of thing that uh, it's funny how some people have reported that, like this was shocking news. I believe it was John Allrand, And I think we talked, might've talked about it um, in his predictions um, about a month ago saying he thought NBCSN would be gone and he was right. Uh, it's going to be gone. Um, apparently, they are keeping their golf channel and their Olympic channel. Uh, but apparently, they are shutting it down. Um, I mean, and here's the thing. NBCSN has not been a failure. Um, two years ago, it beat ESPN2 as the country's second most watched sports network. It ranked second again in 2020 during the pandemic. So why make this decision if you're NBC? Well, one is they just launched Peacock, which is their streaming service. They have a free version of it. They have a pay-for version of it. Uh, There's an idea they want to move a lot of stuff to Peacock. Um, I'm actually just going to read this from Pro Football Talk. Uh, Mike Florio, who hosts uh, Pro Football Talk on NBCSN, um, he he wrote about it saying that essentially, you know, our show is going to be on Peacock. It'll be on the free version of it, along with a lot of the other stuff we do. Dan Patrick Show, Rich Eisen Show, um, PFTPM. Uh, so it, it's a move to get more people to watching Peacock and using Peacock for streaming. 
and something that I'd been speculating on. And he, uh, he kind of comments on as well here, which I think is interesting. Um, it, this, this is, I'll just read what he wrote on it. So why pull the plug on a profitable five letter sports network? It's part of a strategy focused on growth and expansion, not shrinkage and surrender. USA Network will most likely emerge as a force akin to TNT with a blend of sports and non-sports programming already in signaling in more homes than NBCSN. The shifting of certain sports events to USA Network instantly elevates their profile and enhances the standing of the USA Network. This is something I started saying because something that you started seeing around Twitter shortly after this news broke was people saying things like, oh, well, you know, I guess NBC is out of the out of the NHL running. No, they're not. Not at all. I fully expect the that NBC will offer a deal and will probably offer, again, it, it'll be more. I fully expect the National Hockey League to make at least twice as much on their TV deals in the next cycle of contracts than they do on this one. Because if you're NBC, you've still got your broadcast network. So you can still put on a Sunday game of the week on national TV. You can still put some Stanley Cup playoff games on national TV. You can still put the All-Star game on national TV and some playoffs, all that kind of stuff. And for regular season games, you put them on USA. Um, I mean, this is what TNT, as he mentions, has done for years. TNT and, and, and TBS did it with baseball, where if you turn the, t- per the, the channel on, you're normally getting a rerun of some show. Um, I think on TNT, I think they run the Big Bang. No, TNT does movies, and then TBS does like 20 hours of Big Bang Theory a day, I think. Um, and then they'll do basketball games twice a week. USA right now, they've got a couple of original shows. Um, I think they run just an insane amount of Law and Order. But I, what I fully would expect is for next season, Wednesday Night Hockey or Rivalry Night or whatever they want to call it, and probably a Tuesday or a Thursday night game here or there, or some Saturday nights or Sunday night games will be on USA. Any game that's on NBCSN right now, I actually fully expect the NHL and NBC to keep that same amount but for just move to USA, which again, USA is in more homes. So I don't think the NHL is going to feel bad about that. Something I still expect is in this next round of media rights deals that the NHL will get a second partner. Um, and whether that's ESPN, which is the one I would go for if I was NB, if I was at the NHL, because we've talked about this before on the show. The reason you want on ESPN is you want to be part of that conversation. How many hours a day, does ESPN do during the day? That's just people talking about sports. You want to be a part of that. And that's what being on their network at nights helps you do. So it's just my thoughts there. Um, NBCSN shutting down again, not, not a surprise, fully expect NBC to be part of what's going on in the future uh, of the NHL still, or at least to try and bid for it. So we'll see where that goes. Um, again, there's some interesting ideas of, of uh, dark horses in that race. I think CBS is the one that intrigues me the most. That's a, a network that might try and jump in there and land some NHL coverage. So here we go, folks. Uh, this week, the Blue Jacks play the Florida Panthers, which will be interesting. Um, another couple rounds, I mean, a new <laughs> a couple rounds where we get Alexander Wenberg, Marcus Nudavara, Sergei Bobrovsky, these players to, to play against here. So we get them on Tuesday, um, then another one on Thursday, but we'll talk to you before the Thursday game. There is not a hard word yet on when we will be seeing uh, either Jack Roslovic or um, 
for Patrick Liney in a Blue Jackets uniform. Uh, apparently in the revised version of the COVID uh, exemption list today, Patrick Liney was taken off of it. Um, so that may be sooner than later we see that player. Something that will be an interesting uh, kind of change. And I think it's one of the reasons if this deal is happening, it, I think the Jets were more prone to do it earlier in the season like they have is without Line A or without, uh, they've lost Line A, but with Dubois, the Jets might have to wait a full two weeks before they can get him in what's going on. Um, so that's, the Blue Jacks will probably have Line A on the ice before the, the Jets have Dubois on the ice, but it'll be interesting to see how that goes. But I'm interested to see when we finally get, when we finally get to see this player on the ice for the Blue Jackets. I'm interested because I think it might change a little bit of how the Blue Jackets play the game. Uh, I hope they don't key too much on trying to get him the puck. They might a little bit at first, but I think having Patrick Liney on the power play is going to change a lot. So we'll, we'll see what happens. Um, I'm excited. I mean, if nothing else, at least the PLD situation is over, but that just means we're going to get into line a watch when it comes to the off season contract this year. Um, Cause we're definitely in a place where if, if Yarmo either doesn't get a long-term deal signed with line a or doesn't get some kind of big time assets for him, it'll feel like a waste of PLD. So that's where we're at folks. Um, <laughs> it feels like a little bit of out of the frying pan into the fire in one way or another, but thank you very much for watching. Thank you for listening. However you enjoy the show. Thank you very much. Like subscribe, comment, share it, do whatever you need to do. Uh, we do appreciate it. Thank you very much for watching and go jackets. Please subscribe to the show. Follow us on Twitter at jackets debrief. And thank you for listening.